Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Time of the week. It's Doggy Pod Time. G'day everyone and glad you popped in. What's with, what's with the g'day? Well, I'm trying to teach all our international listeners a new language. We it's do, we Australian do have, slang. We do have a lot of international listeners. We do, and now they've learnt that g'day everyone and glad you popped in really means... Hello everyone, and I'm glad you're listening and part of our Doggy Pod family. I'm Dr. Rob Zammett, and I am producer Stephen Peters, and I think probably most people know G'day by now, so next episode you're going to have to come up with something a bit better. Okay. Anyway, thanks for listening to this brand new episode of Australia's Best Podcast on Dogs, the Doggy Pod. Now, here's a tricky dilemma. You have a dog, but for some bizarre reason you've decided you want to have a cat as well, which I don't get. Rob <laughs> will give you some tips on uh, how not to have a war break out on the home front. And sadly, we've all heard of them, dog fights, organised dog fights. When people gamble on the fighting power of one dog over another, it's horrible and it actually happens. All over the world it happens. We'll yes, be horrible. talking about it. Also, what's the difference between temperament and personality and what can you change in your dog and what can't you but before we get into all of that rob no doubt has a, a story or two about mm. this week in the office his office happening to be happens to be his his vet clinic yeah so we had a dog come in and it was uh you know, sick vomiting had had some diarrhea but that had stopped but still wouldn't eat and was obviously in trouble pale gums the whole lot we x-rayed this dog, and you could see in different areas right through its intestinal tract this metal-looking object, certainly white objects, inside the intestines. So the person said, oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, been eating part of the dry wall, the gyprock, and Ooh. he thought it was gyprock, and it didn't look like that to us. So we put him on the drip straight away, and uh, we were trying to see if we could get things moving down the track. And in the meantime, this gentleman said, oh, it's only gyprock, it's only gyprock. And so... 
got him to go home, get some drip rock. We x-rayed the gyp rock and show him it didn't look like gyp <laughs> You x-rayed the gyp rock. <laughs> to show him that it's not, it's not the same density as what we're seeing inside the dog. And uh, it's this, what's inside the dog is a lot more denser than gyp rock. And, how, how big a pieces are we talking here? Uh, well, on the x-rays, it was really yeah, quite sizable things and it was really blocking the intestinal tract. The gas was starting to build up. And in the end, it was... The, we either have to put this dog to sleep or we operate. And because he didn't want surgery done, but we had no choice. This dog was going to die if left alone. So we, wow. went, we went in there and we found bits of metal uh, with string attached to it. I don't know where this dog got this metal from. He didn't know where it got from. But we found stuff in the uh, stomach. Metal. Metal, this metal with, with string attached. Don't ask me where it came from. Some of it was in the stomach. Someone was in the duodenum, just past the stomach in the start of the intestinal tract. Then there was some more further down the small intestine. And then finally, there was a lot blocked up at what's called the ileocecal junction. It's where the small intestine meets the large intestine. So this poor dog had four different cuts made inside its intestinal tract to get all this metal out. We finally got it all out. You had to cut Um, it open. Yeah, it was a lot of surgery, cut the intestines open not just cut the abdomen as you would say for a dissection but then lift the intestine find it all cut remove and then sew up cut remove and sew up of course when you're sewing up the intestinal tract it has to be waterproof you can't have a leakage of anything that's inside the intestinal tract going into the abdomen because that's going to kill you so you're doing virtually two or three layers of stitching in the intestinal tract and then finally uh, do the abdomen there as well. The muscle has to be stitched up. This is a big job. Oh, yeah. So this dog hasn't had anything to eat. He hasn't been offered any food because we only did this some uh, 24 hours ago. So it'll be 48 hours before we will offer it anything to drink, mm. do that, and then we'll offer it some food. But it's looking a lot brighter and a lot happier. It doesn't seem to have the gut ache that it had before. Did you examine what the metal was, though? Like, what do you think it came from? Well, we've shown it to the owner, and he said, I know where it's come from. And so, yeah, it just shows that be careful. This is a young puppy, of course. It was nine months old. Dogs love to chew things, and they'll find things. I don't know where this came from. I couldn't tell you where it came from. But it had uh, string attached to it. So somewhere under the house, I would say, because he said the dog has been getting under the house. So obviously some building in the past has you know, demolished or something and the stuff was there. The dog found it, dug it up and started chewing on it. So watch out. Make sure your dogs, when they're young especially, have something to chew on. You know, dogs, Otherwise they'll life, go looking for They'll something. go finding their own industry mm. and their own things to do and we don't want them chewing on things that they can swallow and get stuck inside them. So raw bones, I always say, some really heavy-duty toys where you can put some food in there and they can enjoy trying to get it out. Those sort of things are essential for young dogs during growth. Certainly essential when they're teething because if you don't give them something when they're teething, they'll find the furniture inside the house mm. or you know, the plants that you just freshly planted in the garden. Those sort of things, don't let them get to those because they, they love where you've been digging. They'll go and dig as well. They saw you doing it. Why not them? So if you want to keep your garden, keep it well fenced away from your dog. But So no, this owner had to go and look for what the source might have been, I guess. Well, I hope Stop he has. It yeah, yeah. Or, or at least block the dog from getting under the house. Mm. There could have been asbestos under there as well, I suppose. Yeah, anything could be there. That's mm. right. Another life saved by Dr. <laughs> Rob. 
Now, we've all heard the term, they fight like cats and dogs. Now, one thing, I don't know if that's true or not, I'm guessing it is, but if you have a dog and you want to get a cat or vice versa, um, what are some of the things you need to look out for, Rob, and do dogs and cats not get on, or is that just a myth? Um, I guess naturally they don't get on. However, having said that, they can be taught to get on in most cases. Now and then you'll get the dog that just, nope, I'm not going to put up with that cat. Um, and you've got to be very careful you know, to make sure that they don't start fighting. But I, in every case I've come across, I've been able to really get them to accommodate each other's presence. Not mm. necessarily like each other, <laughs> but most likely accommodate so we, I don't chase the cat. Now, we've seen greyhounds. Now, now greyhounds are a natural um, hunting dog. They chase things and like rabbits or whatever it is that's out there. They'll certainly chase a cat but I've seen them lay on the lounge with the cat quite happily because they've been trained not to do that. And these are ex-racing dogs that have been taught to chase. Mm. All of a sudden say, yep, I'm fine. I don't want to chase anymore. I'm happy to, to now go back to basics and just lay around and enjoy life with my owner and not chase the cat anymore. So how do you go about that? How do you start mm. that off? I guess <clears throat> one of the um, things that you can do if you decide you're going to get a cat, if you've know someone that you're going to get the kitten from, then leave a towel or something there in the presence of the cat, rub the cat down, bring it home and lay it on the lounge. The dog's not allowed to play with that smell, not allowed to grab that smell, not allowed to grab that towel, but all of a sudden it's smelling this new presence in the house. The dog will know it's there. You don't have to shove it in its nose. You don't have to rub it all over the dog or anything like Mm. that. But just get the dog learning about the smell to start with. That's really vital. When you do bring the cat home, make sure you have control of both the dog and the cat. You don't want to be here, throw them together and throw the cat on top of the dog or vice versa because that's going to cause a big fight. So the dog should be on lead that you can control the dog. Because if a fight does start out, you want to be able to pull the dog away very quickly. The other problem is that the cat itself may be hissing and spitting at the dog. Mm. It works both ways. And if that does that, that's going to intimidate the dog initially and then the dog's going to get aggressive about someone spitting at him and hissing at him so you need to decide very early when you're getting the cat is this the right cat for for me because if the uh, cat does do that you've got to learn you know, you've got to teach the cat to this is not going to hurt you learn to just accept it so you might want a big cat cage um, to put the cat in and ideally i often have like a when I bring a, a new cat home because of, you know, we're saving a cat's life, mm. I'll have it in the crate, but I'll also have my dog in the crate right next to it. <laughs> so all of a sudden, they have to put up with each other. It's now you see, and, and sometimes I'll move the crate so that they're facing each other right next to each other. You know, the, the entrance where the dog can see is right on the entrance. It's looking where the cat straight can see. in each other's they're eyes. They're looking at each other and thinking, oh, well, it's not so bad. You're not attacking We're me. in this together. Yep. So we may as well start enjoying life. I like to watch TV or read a book or even practice my guitar um, with both of them in the room. The dog will be on a lead next to me. The cat will just be there um, you know, in a room not too big so the dog knows the cat's there, the cat knows the dog's there, and I'm reading my book. And leave me alone, guys. I want to read the book. Don't start fighting. I haven't got time to sit you up. Mm. So you know, but get them used to it. Get them used to each other. The other thing you can do is have the cat in a room and walk the dog through 
very quickly, like you're on the mission, through the room, round the room, out. You know, if you can't walk through the room because they've only got one door, the cat's in there, you walk in, you walk around a couple of times with the dog, you know, talking to the dog, you know, making the dog heal, get the dog to accept the fact that the cat's in that room, and out. And slowly learning to accommodate the cat's presence. And after a while, everything will be fine in the world. It takes time, it takes patience, train the dog to accept it, the dog doesn't chase, the cat won't try and push it too often. Once, you know, once the cat learns that the dog's not going to attack, they're not going to hiss at the dog or do anything else. They'll be fine. And you know, have an area where the cat can jump up and be away from the dog if it wants to, that's an ideal situation. Always make sure that the cat can get away easily, not so much because they're going to be attacked, even when they're, they're used to each other, but very often the cat doesn't want to get annoyed by the dog all the time. They'll just secrete themselves away in the cupboard or something, go to sleep there. That's that's also acceptable behaviour between the two of them. So you can have the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah, you can have a cat and dog. Well, I, I, I do. I have had... Yeah, you've uh, you've you know, got we, everything here. We've got a lot of strange animals here. It's like a zoo here in your place. <laughs> the cats and dogs get on fine because I have enough trouble with the lions and the tigers. And when Dr. Rob says lions and tigers, he means lions and tigers because Rob also looks after a lot of animals at a, what would you call it, the Zambi Wildlife? Uh, it's a sanctuary. It's a it's sanctuary. sanctuary for old animals. It's like, on the outskirts of Sydney. Yeah, it's an old vet looking after the old animals. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, but they're ex-circus animals or... Um, yeah, ex-zoo um, ex animals. Zoo because animals, sometimes yeah. there's excess animals at the zoo or old animals that can't be exhibited anymore. They come out and uh, Donna, Tracy and I are, are the directors at uh, Zambi Wildlife Sanctuary and we look after them there. And then we also have... Zambi Native Wildlife Sanctuary now, which looks after kangaroos and all the native animals, you know, possums, etc., emus, and they're all out there. And you can Google that uh, as well. Yeah, no, they do good work. But sometimes when you come to Dr. Rob's, yes, you will find a small tiger or lion just kind of hanging around. Sometimes big ones. Now, it is a sad fact, and we've all heard stories, and uh, yeah, sadly, it's true. There are people that organise dog fights all around the world, and especially here in Australia, uh, you know, under cover of darkness without anybody knowing, and then there's people that come along and they spend money to bet on to, and to gamble on those dogs and which one's going to win. It's just absolutely horrible. Um, Rob, of course, you know, being a vet, he is about all these sorts of things. It's very hard to track these people down and find out when these dog fights are happening because it's all very uh, undercover, as you can imagine. But, um, Rob, tell us about what you've heard. Well, some dreadful, dreadful things. I've seen some of these dogs have come in and they're just torn apart. What sort of dog um, breeds are they? Usually some sort of Mastiff or Terrier-type breeds, hmm. um, but big dogs are the ones that they use. Unfortunately, dogs go missing as well from backyards, so be careful. They will steal your dog to train their dogs to attack. Right. And that's also one of the things that, that we know goes on. It's organised crime that does this. So often associated with organised crime, with drug people, etc. And... It's, but it's, what, for, course, for gambling purposes? Or? Yeah, for, uh, gambling, It's the prize pool can be about $700,000 on a fight. $700,000. So what? how people can get pleasure out of seeing 
two dogs tear each other up like that. No, don't I get it. I think you have to be a bottom-dwelling, slime-sucking parasite <laughs> of humanity. You have no humanity. What am I talking about? To make animals fight for your pleasure and, and for your gamble? 100%. You have no humanity in you whatsoever. If I could track you down, I know what I'd want to do. But it does but, happen. It's happening all the time. Very much. In Australia, they think there's about 150 dog fighting rings Around in Australia. Mm. And in China, it's more open. And, you know, and not, again, it's just one of those things. You can get on Google if you want to watch it, and no, you'll be no. disgusted. I don't, it's not worth looking at. But it, it's underground in most places, but some countries it's open, mm. very open. And I, as I say, in China, it's very open. Needless to say, it's, a, it's against the law here. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't do enough jail time when they get caught. Yes. Yeah, they're talking about six months. So they can get a lot more, longer sentences. And I would certainly just can't believe that you wouldn't put the maximum sentence of 25 years on these people. So what would, what would they do to the dog to make it that aggressive to want to try and kill another dog? Um, bait it up with a, another dog, you know, throwing other dogs at it all the time and trying to, you know, make it just aggressive. Aggr- to, an angry and, dog. And give it dogs to kill. Yeah. That's the worst part about it. I mean, it's not the worst part. I think everything, the, the whole thing is just awful. Mm. They, there are dogs specifically bred for this sort of thing as well. And people even, the RSPCA, believe that they import semen from dog fighting rings from overseas. Quite incredible. The, you know, the most aggressive dog, they try and get puppies from it to make more aggressive dogs. It's just disgusting what they do. So dog fighting, unfortunately... It's certainly organised crime stuff and associated with people that run drugs, etc. Not all of them, but a lot of the mm. rings. The, certainly of the 150 dog fighting, estimated dogfighting rings in this country, they associate those with crime. Some of them are doing it now in big trucks as well, believe it or not. What do you mean in big trucks? Well, in the back of a truck? Back of a truck, so that they can't be found. Yes. Trying to find them, it's, you know, it's very much very uh, dangerous undercover work for the RSPCA. People say, oh, what's an RSPCA? Stop it. It's very dangerous work. Well, needless to, to say, it, it wouldn't be happening in, in the suburbs because the noise no. would draw attention to you. So it's in the outer suburbs, I'm guessing. Correct, correct. I mean, it's usually out west and in big sheds and, uh, as I say, in the back of trucks, those sort of things. That's what they're doing and getting these dogs to fight each other to, till one dies, gets ripped apart. Hmm. It's a fight to the death and it's disgusting. Just disgusting. Most um, if you hear of anything, I'm sure you just contact the police and stay away from it. Well, if anybody knows anything, contact us and we'll we'll sort them out. Mm. Okay, so you you've just bought a dog, and it's got a particular personality or temperament, which are two different things. One. I don't know if you can control both of them. You probably can't control a personality, or can you? And what is the difference, Rob, between temperament and yeah, personality? It's a great question. People think oh, it's the same thing, but it's not. Temperament oh. is actually thought of as the behaviour that is exhibited in certain situations because of your innate nature, your gen- genetics, if you like. Of that breed. Of that breed. In, you know, it's the genetics of Labradors to retrieve. It's the genetics of a Saluki or an Afghan or a Greyhound to chase. It's the the hunting dogs. It's the genetics of Kelpies to round up, and they'll do that with 
even you, Copies and Border Collies, if you go out in the yard, they love circling you and rounding you up and they do that with children all the time. You see them even doing it with chickens in backyards because that's in their nature to do so. Would some dogs, uh, their temperament, be more inquisitive than other dogs, say? Yep, yep. Some of the you know, the dogs, for example, like dachshunds, and will, will go digging and sniffing because they, they're ground dogs that do that. Legottos, the truffle, Italian truffle dog, mm. will sniff everywhere and dig away to get to things because of, of that sort of behaviour. And some of those dogs, of course, are utilised. The ones with that sort of behaviour, like beagles as well, they're... You know, beagles are nose down, tail up, and off they go. They're used, of course, as scent dogs in airports because of that good nose work that is just part of their temperament. <laughs> nose work. Yeah. I like that. And they go and find food <laughs> yes. in all sorts of uh, you know, border security areas all the time and mm. drugs for border security. Labradors are the same. Labradors, are, you know, they have a – their temperament says, we like to eat, and they, they're good eating dogs, and so you can use that – behavior to train them as well with their nose so using two parts of their temperament good nose the the desire for food and you can train them to find anything with their nose so that's all part of their temperament and then there's personality okay that's the what or why they do things for example all of a sudden a labrador becomes aggressive our golden retriever becomes aggressive that really shocks me those two two breeds why has that happened uh, you know, usually it's because of some bad experience they become aggressive or they become very shy because of a bad experience. Your personality develops as a result of your temperament and your environment. So that's why we get the two things a bit confused sometimes. Your personality to be shy could be because someone's dominated you all the time. That, mm. That's your personality. Right, yeah. Your temperament might actually be, well, in truth, I'm quite extroverted, but... If you get hound down enough, your personality changes. And these are the things that, that we can change. Your personality, if you're a shy uh, dog because you've been you know, hounded by people all the time, we can slowly bring you out. We can take you to places where you start to learn that people are good. You know, the first thing is establish a good relationship with the dog. If you're, you're going to train the dog to changes personality a bit because it's been somehow hindered then you establish a relationship if you get a dog in as a puppy that has really good temperament and good personality well then you still want to harness the temperament to be a good family dog mm. you don't just leave them in the backyard and think well you've got good personality you've got good temperament you'll be fine out you go no it doesn't work that way you've got to give them good experiences so they do become a good family dog so you can change your dogs or mould your dog's personality. Very much so. Just the, the way that psychologists and psychiatrists do with us, you can do that with dogs as well. And if you do it um, you know, just gently and continually, you can certainly help a lot of dogs that have had bad experiences become good dogs. Dogs are overtly aggressive dogs with people can become the best family dog with children, everybody, if they're given sufficient training and time. Now, that's difficult and difficult to trust them sometimes because they've been so badly treated, they, they become overtly aggressive. Yeah. And that's a problem and often ends up in the dog just being euthanized. 
because you can't get them in the right situation. But given the right person that can take that dog on, they can be great. And in fact, um, there's a, a friend of mine who's now doing that with children and dogs. He's taking kids to the... It's called Rough Track, if you want to have a look at it. It's on... And what is that? What is he doing? He's getting kids that are, have personality issues because of you know, the environment that they've been brought up in. Mm. And he gets dogs, the rescue dogs, and gets these kids to train the dogs. And all of a sudden these children oh, yeah. are finding focus in life and have a reason to display much better personality traits and the personality traits that you know innate to all children. You know, the good personality of, 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 of kids that comes out with, when they're training dogs is phenomenal. That's a good analogy, program. yeah. It's yeah. a win-win, really. Absolutely, and he's used that to help the personality of the children and the dogs as well. And these kids are training dogs to do all sorts of fancy things, and he puts on shows with these kids. It's fabulous. Well, well, thank you very much, everybody. It is the end of another episode of the Doggy Pod. We hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've learned a few things. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you don't already, but you probably do. And remember to tell a friend. Anybody that's got a dog will benefit from listening to the Doggy Pod. And we will see you next week. As you know, episodes come out every Friday. And, of course, every episode we finish with the Oracle, Dr. Rob. <laughs> With a little word of wisdom. Now, on this episode, I've talked about some of the people that have no humanity. And I want to say one thing. Don't accept your dog's admiration as conclusive evidence that you are wonderful. Because in some cases, that certainly is not so. (laughs) So if your dog thinks you're great, it doesn't necessarily mean you are. Uh, Correct. Absolutely. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.